So the act of writing is liberating and it's going to free you from these unfortunate things that happen to us, which are like, you know, internalized oppressions, right? That have been imposed on us as individuals and as a collective community. Hey, Dustin. (laughs) Hey, Crystal. Hey, me searchers. You're listening to the Me Search Podcast. And we're your hosts. My name is Dustin Domingo. And I'm Crystal Tugatti. On this show, we have critical, messy, and fun conversations with each other, with friends, and with leaders in the community. And together, we'll unpack important issues, learn, and unlearn what we think we know about what it means to be Filipino. Today on the podcast, we're talking about cuentos. Well, the translation of cuento from Tagalog to English, is a story, a narrative, or a tale. And today to talk about cuentos, we have Dr. Pat Lindsay C. Catalia Buscano, a.k.a. Dr. Pinky, a.k.a. Dr. Pinky. Super dope woman in the house. <laughs> um, and very graceful because, y'all, I messed up recording today and dr pinky has been nothing but gracious and kind and also dr pinky is a scholar activist community leader a public speaker and educator and the founder and ceo of cuento co llc a woman and bipoc owned publishing company she is passionate about helping people write share tell and publish their life stories their cuentos, and she is driven to create the largest collection of cuentos in the world so that BIPOC and marginalized communities such as the Filipino community will always have a voice, be remembered, honored, and represented by their own accord. Y'all, welcome, Dr. Pinky! Thank you so much, Crystal, Dustin. I'm so happy to be here on research. Woo! I'm oh my god! Wow, 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 wow. We're here. <laughs> we're here, everyone. We did we're it. We're here. We did it, and we we're, did it. We're really here because I messed up, and thank you again for being so gracious. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Whatever I can do to stay as long as possible. Aww. Aww. We love your vibes. We love your vibes. Yeah, good so, vibes. Yes, we're going to get into it. Tell us about Cuento Co. What led you to open this company, this amazing company? And um, was there like an inciting incident in your life that made you want to start this company? So Cuento Co. is, of course, uh, translates to, you know, story company. But the Tagalog phrase, Cuento Co. means my story. And so it's all about, you know, our stories, your story, um, and specifically where my story begins with Cuentoco is with my grandma, Felina. She's my paternal grandmother. And as a young girl in high school, I read a book about uh, women and, you know, the history of uh, women in this family. So this girl's family. So I thought about my own family and I thought about my young grandma and realized that she wasn't going to be here forever. And then I didn't know her life story. And so at that time, I decided I wanted to learn everything, anything I could possibly know about her while she was alive. We were also her caregivers as teenagers into, 
into, you know, until she left this world. And so until then, or since then, I had been asking her every question possible, like, you know, what was life like, you know, in the Philippines? What was life like coming here to America? How did she, you know, meet my grandfather? What was her dating life like, you know? And she she told us all the hot goss of what was happening at the Elog, which is the river. Like, what was Ooh. happening when we were watching clubs? And, oh like, God. you know. I What's mean, up at the there, there Elog, some, man? At the Elog. <laughs> uh, for all of those who, like, watch Filipino stuff, the big Elog, you know, like, the like a lot of, um, you know, Filipino uh, TV shows, like, revolve around, you know, love stories and love teams so I wanted to know a lot about that and um and she was happy to oblige you know this precocious teenage girl and um you know since then I had become really kind of like this you know family historian in in in, um, in our clan and um just the stories of my family just always kind of excited me because it was things that I I always found out or some things I didn't know um, and it kind of led into my adulthood life, right? So fast forward into the future, which was a couple of years ago, I had left higher ed, a full-time job to be a grad student and finish my doctorate's degree. And I did my dissertation on cuentos, actually. It was a narrative inquiry on Filipino-American community college students. And I essentially... Uh, listened to them storytell about their lives, about why they chose their college majors, their education. Many of them were told to become a nurse. Um, and many of them didn't become a nurse, actually. They did other things in their lives. Amazing. I love that experience. I love listening to, you know, our Filipino people. And I loved capturing those stories. And I just love the entire process of learning about my own history. But I just said to myself, well, why do I have to reach a doctorate's degree? Or why does anyone have to even reach a doctorate's degree to start learning about their own culture and start listening to other cuentas? And so it was also at that point where I was in transition with work and then COVID was happening. Um, and as you know, that was a tough time and a lot of our family members or community started you know, passing away. And every time people pass away, I just have this like terrible gut feeling in me like, oh, we didn't capture their cuento. You know, we mm -hmm. didn't, you know, I didn't sit down with them. I didn't write down their story. Um, and it's even more so because I'm also the president of Filipino American National Historical Society, the Houston chapter here. So it hurts me even more because what we do is we do, you know, we document oral history. Um, so it, it just was really tough. So I just thought, you know what, I'm tired of waiting. You know, we can't let this COVID take over my family. Let's start capturing our stories. So we did. And I started my own fam family, um, with our elders and started, you know, hosting writing workshop sessions with them via zoom. And then before you know it, we have six of them who wrote their own cuentos and it's been published and they wrote it themselves. Um, you know, and they typed it or we transcribed it. And um, yeah, and the rest is history. Now we're moving on to new projects. <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. I, it's so interesting hearing your journey of like how cuentos have been integrated into your life in different aspects from your grandmother to your educational experience to what you do with the community. 
Um, I'm wondering for people who are listening to this podcast, who are just discovering the idea of telling your own stories or like coming into their own power of my story is important. What kinds of things would you say to these people to encourage them to share their stories? Like, why is it important for our Filipino listeners to be free to tell their own stories? Yeah, that's a really good question, Dustin. Actually, you would think in our community, right? Like when we go to Handaans or like parties and Filipino gatherings, I mean, I don't know about you, but my family is like freaking loud. Like, you know, <laughs> their level of con- like normal conversation sounds like fighting words. Like, you know, it's like so loud, right? And so um, naturally, I think in those spaces, we're storytellers. But then when you pull people aside or just like seriously ask them like, hey, have you ever thought about, you know, documenting or writing your life story? Um, They're like, "Mm, no, I don't know. I don't want to write. I don't like, like, they're like, no, I don't like to write. I don't have a story to tell. Mm. I got nothing to share. I'm like essentially like a regular ordinary person. I'm not a celebrity or superstar that should be writing you know, my own spare book, like, you know, like they, they don't feel they should. This is what I tell them. I tell every person, no matter what age they are, whether they're, you know, heart or they're young teens, I always say you are the author of your own life stories, right? We all have gone through something, which means we all have a story to tell, um, whether that's in the past or one that we're creating in this moment we all have something to share and tell. Um, I think our community as a Filipino, Filipina, Filipinex community, I think it's important for us to share our cuentos for several reasons. Representation is like the big one, you know, for me, an overall picture, like we need to continue to represent ourselves and who we are, where we come from, what we're all about. And then of course, stories, you know, stories, do a lot for for humankind and humanity right it allows us to learn about ourselves when we start discovering our own studies just like what we're doing here what you're doing here in me search which is a form an academic form of auto ethnography right it's like you're learning more about yourself um but when you learn more about yourself you also learn about other people when you're collectively listening to each other's stories um and then when you learn about each other's stories you learn about the different perspectives that we have as a filipino community and then soon you realize oh there are things that we we have in common but there are also things that we don't have in common but that also still makes you filipino right and so it's kind of widening um that definition of what it means to be filipino filipina filipinex um, and I hope that, you know, with stories, you know, it, it inspires us to be brave, you know, to be courageous and, and to share them because some of us don't want to share those parts of our lives. Sometimes it's very traumatic, you know, to share that. But I think when we do collective storytelling or cuento cuentohan, right, we're able to be brave and courageous together as a community. And I think our stories will transform you know, ourselves in the present and of course in the future. So, um, and when we look back, I hope that our stories also, you know, hold a place for the future, our descendants, where we do leave a legacy. 
of primary sources, right? Straight from people's experiences, their own narratives, and not something that was written or documented or a film that was created by someone else outside of our community in their own mm. perspective, which is always happening, you know, in the media. You know, you're getting me to think really deeply and feel really deeply. Like I'm I'm feeling a lot of emotions right now based on the stories that you're telling me about, um, like family experiences and this idea of our culture being so naturally one to share stories. I'm thinking, though, in my experience, a lot of the stories... Um, I also relate to like the really loud family. A lot of the stories we tell are like more so along the lines of chismis. But then when I think of the task of telling my own story, it's a very like vulnerable experience. It almost takes me to a place of shame, even though like Ooh. I know there's nothing that should be shameful in my lived experience per se. But I I imagine I'm not the only one who is challenged by that feeling of finding difficulty in being proud to tell my own story or feeling that there's value in telling my story. Um, do you have any thoughts on the chismis versus the, the vulnerable storytelling of like your own yes. story? Yes, absolutely. Um, specifically in like collective storytelling, which is what I, I have done with many of, of writers as well as like workshops um, there will be like the the chismis, the hot goss, you know, that will be the upper crest of like superficial levity, right? Mm -hmm. But then when people really get into like brainstorming about themselves, like internally, they start listing out some things. And then I also encourage them to lean into the topics that resonate with them in that moment, mm. right? And then they'll pick out those particular topics and then they'll flush out a story based on those topics that, uh, that of course, that they've gone through. And then um, after the, we do that for a little while, then we actually share. So sometimes we'll share like, you know, in, in pairs or we'll share all together as a group if the group is intimate enough. And then as each person shares, you're right, we get into kind of like a vulnerable moment sprinkled with some humor and laughter etc but people start really talking about you know the things that they've gone through because the space allows that mm -hmm. and I think people realize that it's okay to say that after a while you know they, they start thinking oh yeah this is this is like okay <laughs> it is okay to talk about some some things that have happened in my life that were hard or wow, I haven't thought about this in a, a long time. I, I forgot that this happened. And then the other thing is when you start listening to other cuentos, it starts um, signaling in your mind about your own experiences. So you're constantly hearing a feedback loop, you know, as you're sharing and then you're hearing and then you're remembering. And then you're also like kind of, um, you're going back there in your own history while also being present. So it's a very like visceral experience in terms of like cuento cuentohan in terms of like storytelling as a community. Mm. 
because we're all going through it together, but also individually at the same time. Ah, you know, first off, Dustin, I am feeling very deeply and um, I it makes me sad, Dustin, that you feel like you can't you, you felt shame or you, you there's like an element of shame when when thinking about sharing your stories and your experiences, because I love you so much. And mm-hmm. I, God damn it. <laughs> I just don't ever want you to feel shame. You know, I don't ever want you to feel shame for like anything that you are and anything that is you. So I'm like, I'm glad that you said that because I, I just want to tell you that all of your experiences are totally valid and worth hearing and worth sharing when when and if you feel mm-hmm. like it and um wow dr pinky like the space that you've created just like is so um <laughs> it is a domino effect just in this conversation like we've gotten to this point where like we're dustin sharing his feelings about shame and how like i'm like fuck it no don't be shameful i love you so much <laughs> yes you know yes. and it's like yes. this this um this the space of affirmation and this space of safety and this space of like empowerment that you're creating just in this conversation and we you know there's there's more to talk about but just talking about the fact that we have stories and there are stories to tell and everyone is worth hearing mm-hmm. out and you don't mm-hmm, have to absolutely. be a celebrity. I That that point where it's like if you're not in the public eye or if you're not in, you know, a public figure in any way, shape or form, like your story doesn't matter. But those are the stories that yeah. so matter. Everyone, I mean, yeah. so, not so matter, but every single person who exists in this world no matter what right. background you come from even if i hella disagree with you and may not like you you know <laughs> right. like, that's true like that's true i like, yeah i want to know i may not agree with it yeah <laughs> right, yeah right. yeah like how did you get there like what mm-hmm. what was it about your experiences that made you feel so strongly about x y and z why do you mm-hmm. feel like you need to protect this protect yourself protect whoever in whatever way to make you feel to make you feel this way and i'm just mm-hmm. i am really grateful that um and i'm feeling very emotional about this space that you've created dr pinky yes. because oh, oh my god i'm getting great. really crying <laughs> no you know it, what me too yeah. <laughs> no it's important you know and i i know how you feel dustin because Yes, I'm a publisher, I'm a writer, I'm an editor, all of these things. I'm just like everyone else. Like when it comes to writing my own shit, (laughs) you know, I am sitting in front of my computer or my journal and I'm like, oh gosh, what am I going to, what am I going to unload this time? And what are people, you know, what are people going to say or how are people going to feel? Right. And then Mm -hmm. I realize when you start just writing, right. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's from just me journaling since I was 13 or doing mm-hmm. my dissertation recently, you know, a couple of years ago, it's just, it's just write. And that form and that act of writing, which is the connection of like your brain and your thoughts, you know, coming down through your synapses <laughs> and then yes. like actually forming something with physically, right? Kinetically. Um, it's, it's really miraculous. 
and ultimately liberating. So the act of writing is liberating and it's going to, you know, free you from these unfortunate things that happen to us, which are like, you know, internalized oppressions, right? Yeah. That have been imposed on us as individuals and as a collective community. So, and the other thing is, you know, as much as I, I'm in education, love it, all that, we have been taught a certain way to write. Mm -hmm. We have been taught a certain way to tell stories in school. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but I was definitely afraid of the sea of red edits <laughs> on my my, <laughs> work, my papers, you know, like, oh, gosh, you know, the teacher really went for it. And I think there's a lot of trauma behind, you know, writing um, for, for many of us who went to school here in the United States. Yes, it's like there was really no room for creativity. It's like I, 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 for me, it's like I got really good at at spitting out right answers. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't have to like think about it. Maybe like I, re I, I remember a lot of it. A lot of it feels like a lot of regurgitation and wanting to say the right thing to get the right grade. And yes, yeah, and I think later down the line. Um, as an adult and like especially getting into this podcast um, and all this decolonization work that I've I've been engaged in it's like I and it, it makes me feel stupid to say this but but so. I know that I'm not stupid but I know that I'm not stupid it's just you know you know those like final questions like in your textbooks growing up where it's like the critical thinking portion oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. just don't even think that I really thought that critically like I again was just like finding the answer and trying how trying yeah, like what trying is to right find answer? a way to extrapolate on that but I don't think that it wasn't until probably the last decade that I realized what it actually means to think critically and think deeply and that's just so mm. wild because like I'm in my 30s, you know, and right. Yeah. And if I didn't think about these oppressive systems or, um, you know, this internalized oppression, I don't know if I'd be thinking in these ways and thinking critically and finding power in in, in critically thinking and challenging things. Mm -hmm. um, because also it's scary and it's not the right answer to challenge. <laughs> yeah. And education right. like formal education mm -hmm. there's a lot of great things about it in terms of like mm -hmm. social mobility but mm -hmm. when we were in grade school there's so many things about it that forces you into a box and especially mm -hmm. when you were from a cultural minority or ethnic minority and you're just socialized to be invisible socialized to not like ask too many questions right or mm -hmm. it's like you really yes. are in a system that forces you to just be in this little box mm -hmm. and to be muzzled well it's just it's just like yeah it's show right yeah like, oh we're building critical thinkers in our classrooms and the to the, you know tomorrow's future but really, it's just a certain parameter of critical thinking is what yes. we want. Because too much of it, right, we won't have enough worker bees in, mm -hmm. right. in, in our community, right? right? Like, we need to keep folks, you know, 
in a certain structure and certain system because we need them to in the outcome needs to be x y and z right and i think that's kind of what i've tried to fight at least in i feel i think not throughout my life but i think even like in my writings or even like with we're, what we're doing now um i'm currently living in the state the great state of texas <laughs> And, you know, there's a there's a whole mm. gamut of issues around ethnic studies and mm. Asian American, um, Native um, Hawaiian, Pacific Islander um, curriculum. Like, I'm not saying it's non-existent because there are obviously spaces around the state that can teach it. But, um, you know, it's not like in California back home <laughs> where, like, you know, you can take a Tagalog class if you want to mm -hmm. or you can take a you know, Filipino American history class, if you want to, even if you're not in that major, um, we don't have access to that. And that's also part of, you know, why I do what I'm doing or creating books, because I'm not going to wait for some policy, some law to pass for my stories to be validated, right? Oh like, my God, yeah. we can create these books now, we can document now, with or without any permission, right? And so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's, you know, we got we have to traverse boldly, you know, um, because if we don't, then, you know, we we won't have our worries to be proud of, to share with, you know, the future or even currently with each other. And I don't know. I, I it's weird. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think I'm weird sometimes because like, you know, like my family's like, well, why is she so into this stuff? Like. <laughs> You know, it's like, but I don't know, I guess you're right. Like, it's just something that I live and breathe and um, just something that I truly want to follow and have decided that this is what I want to do moving forward in my life. I, I want to give back to my community and, and want it to be about community. And um, there's nothing else I'd rather do. So why not? <laughs> why not do our stories? <laughs> Heck, yes, I love it. Growing up, I didn't see any Filipino teachers. I didn't see any Filipinos in education. I didn't see any Filipino, mm. like, and, you know, essentially it's like as teachers, as educators, people in higher ed, people in, you know, the education world, like, we're seen as leaders, right? And it just mm. is so wild to me that there's three leaders here in this room. Yes! That we probably... <laughs> wouldn't have seen when we were kids. And I right. think it's so True. cool that we're representing um, leadership in our community. And um, more specifically, let's get into the Quento book, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the Quento book, an anthology of Filipino stories and poems. Tell us. Ooh. She's flashing it yes. on the Zoom screen, y'all. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know. Well, the Quento book, an anthology of Filipino stories and poems. Um, it is a beautiful book uh, filled with 28 Filipina, Filipinex, Filipino writers, storytellers, artists, creatives, um, community leaders who are just like you and me. They're their mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, grandfathers, grandmothers. Um, it is a gamut of 
all generational backgrounds. I think the youngest I have is in high school and the youngest at heart is retired in their 70s. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it is a community Quinto book. And y'all, it features your very own research podcast hosts. We got <laughs> Crystal Tugatti and Dustin Domingo in here. Hey. Dustin, yeah, hey. <laughs> And they're also interviewed too. <laughs> so they make up this book. I mean, it's sometimes I'm just like in awe myself. Like, what? Like, wow, people actually wanted to submit their quentos first and foremost and, and do that, you know, and then be part of a, a, seriously a brand new project. Um, and so it is 248 pages of amazingness and it's, any kind of story imaginable, um, you know, stories about love, you know, stories about, you know, powerful women in our lives, just like Crystal's grandma in <laughs> Our Heavy Doors. It's also about stories of your own identity, such as Am I an Introvert by Dustin Ingo. Hey. Love. Hey. <laughs> um, so there's prose, there's short stories, prose, and there's poetry as well. And they're all original stories by each individual um, who's submitted their stories. So um, honestly, I I think it's a a book that everyone could read, no matter where they are in life, um, you know, whatever age they are. And um, I'm really proud of it. I'm really happy with uh, everyone who is a part of it. And I, I just can't thank them from the bottom of my heart. I hope that this is not just the only um, book of the anthology series, but the very first of many. Um, I envision um, having one at least once a year, maybe multiple times when we get to that level (laughs) and we can generate and publish multiple, um, you know, types of books. Uh, But I, I really see this as the beginning of a new amazing journey. When does it come out? How can we get our hands on this book? <laughs> yes. Um, it, it is coming out soon. It is coming out on May 23rd, 2023. Um, it is now actually available for pre-order. So you can definitely, you know, save your copy, but it will come out very soon. Specifically, it was intentionally um, released this month during Asian American Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Heritage Month and Philippines Heritage uh, National Heritage Month. So we have writers from here in the United States, all over the country, as well as in the Philippines. And so um, it really is an international <laughs> book. And there's even Tagalog in it too. So we have Ooh. Tagalog stories that have been translated into English, we have a cup, some Ilocano words here that are also yeah. by Crystal. Yeah, <laughs> who's who's with us. So we we've got some mother tongue in this book, yes. you know. And so, like I said, we just want to reflect the diversity of our of our community. I'm so proud to be part of this project with you both. Me it's too. so cool. It's so cool. It's so what does it feel like cool. to hold? What, what does what does it feel like I to know. have like a physical artifact to hold and flip through? Um, I, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I this is like the um proof copy, so like I've held it a couple oh. of times, but I know you know you're feeling it from virtually. You're from here, 
but I really can't wait until you all feel your own books. <laughs> I mean, that sounds oh a little God. sexy, but and risky right now saying that out loud. But Ooh. please, when you get your books, <laughs> please when you get your books, you know, videotape yourself unboxing and like really oh feeling God, it so because weird. I don't know. Like I, I live for that. Like I want to see how you all feel. Like because um, it's it's amazing you know like I never thought I would grow up as a as a biology science major <laughs> and become like a publisher it's like completely not in my path you know and I just said no I want to do stuff that I like so yeah fuck it it was destiny and I feel like the ancestors have been like holding you up and saying Pinky, it's you, boo. It's you. Yeah. Oh, I love yes. it. You know, like, I don't know about you all, but I, because it's, it's hard to run your own business, you know, and like oh. do your own thing, right? So I'm sure it is for you all too. So you got to keep yourself motivated, right? So you got to put something right in front of you every day, wherever you work, reminding you like why you do this shit, right? Because there's going to be tough days. Mm. We're like, I don't want to even open up my laptop. Like, I don't, I want to, I want to stay on the couch and watch Bridgerton. They're like, Please, <laughs> I need to continue and find out what's happening here. But, you know, I, I think about, you know, I think about, you know, um, I think about this. I think I, I dream about it, you know, and it's like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So, like, I look forward to it, you know. Um, so look forward to the things you like doing. And I, I really want the youth to feel that way, too. You know, like that there's so much more out there that you can do and you can be, you know, that there's other Rates and Kuyas like us here, you know, that are exploring um, non-traditional, I guess is what they call it. But just like different creative paths and that it's OK, yes. you know, it's more than OK. It's like, you know, it's what you, you want it to be. Yes. It's you, boo. Yes, it's you, boo. It's you, boo. <laughs> Don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and I can't thank you both enough no really like you as writers as contributing authors you know to this and then also having this space because honestly I only met you Crystal through a workshop I think a year or two in in the COVID pandemic time and then I know Dustin I think you just submitted something I didn't I don't think we ever met until today yeah, just, yeah today is our first time meeting <laughs> you know so I'm just like wow, like there's people out there who want to do this. And um, it almost didn't happen because I did a first run during 2020. And yeah, that didn't work out because, you know, we're all kind of like in depressed mode, like seriously. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that, yeah, did not happen. Um, but then, you know, a couple of years later, I was in a better place and, you know, was able to create, create this book. Um, the other thing I wanted to share is I want to say how beautiful your friendship is, um, <laughs> Dustin and Crystal, um, because as an adult, I think it's harder to make friends <laughs> because a lot of the times I feel like, you know, we grow up with friends, especially in like mm -hmm. the school setting and education. And so I think what you all have here is something I know I wanted to aspire to with my best friend, um, Raymar Rasuelo. And I actually dedicate the book to him because he passed away last year. So um, that's a that's a beautiful thing which you all have and how you're able to um, share your cuentos 
every, every day, every week, you know, and share it with other people. And so what I say for you both, you're each other's cuento keepers. So hold that, cherish that. Oh my God. No one gave you permission to make us emotional today. <laughs> oh my God. God. Dr. I'm Pinky, crying. I, yeah, like I feel like I've been crying literally like this entire episode. Like, I don't know if you can see my face. Because it's kind of dark in my room. <laughs> you should have well, allergies, Crystal. No. <laughs> my cheeks are getting so swollen oh. right now. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. I yeah, yeah. I I'm <laughs> I <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I'm I'm yeah. very. I'm so grateful for Dustin and I'm grateful for this space because we have learned so much about ourselves and each other, which is literally part of our script and it's really happening and it's like, you know, we get deeper into our friendship every time we get to do this and it's not just, you know, it's not just like, hey, we're friends, like we're really diving into this really hard stuff sometimes together Mm -hmm. and um. I'm grateful for Dustin and um, I'm grateful for you, Boo, and I love you. And um, mm. I'm so honored that <laughs> I'm so honored <laughs> yeah. that we get to be part of this super dope project that Dr. Pinky has. It's like so fucking cool. <laughs> yes. Like the both of us are in I it. Know. Like what the fuck? We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. published together. Oh my god! And you're part of that tapestry. Yeah. Amazingness. We are, I, I cannot even begin to tell you how joyful I feel and energized I feel right now and just so grateful for this conversation, for this community that we have here, for this, you know, just Quinto. knowing you, Dr. Pinky, for this Quento <laughs> this that we Quinto. get to tell. Remember that time that Dr. Pinky was on research? A Quento, a Quento. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. We love it. We, we love, love it. it. And on that note, we are at time. Thank you for <laughs> hanging out with us, Dr. Pinky. Everybody listening, follow Dr. Pinky and Quento at Quento Co. And check out the website at quintoco.com. Are there any other handles that you'd like us to follow? I think that's pretty good. Um, okay. You can follow me there. I mean, I can share my phone number. <laughs> Social security number. <laughs> Your address. Um, <laughs> I'm we're still building the socials you know right now we're building the socials so please forgive us but as we're doing more of these awesome things and more posts um, out there and and the book will be it'll be posted on the website so that's the best place to go find and then when you get your book make sure you find Crystal and Dustin and get it signed by them Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't even think about that part. <laughs> yes. How fun. Get, How get fun. The autographs ready. This was like, this is my moment, everyone. This oh my is gosh. My I'll keep a permanent oh. mark. I'll keep a sharpie in my pocket. <laughs> you should. We're gonna, I want to do it. When I go to LA, we're going to do something. We, we're going to have to do an author event. We're going to have to do a, oh my a God, live yes. reading or something. Yes. 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 We can chat about that momentarily. Um, but. <laughs> Dr. Pinky, 
Thank you for this wonderful convo. And to everyone, thank you for tuning in. Everyone, let's give Dr. Pinky a round of a freaking applause. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget, be a me searcher. If you're not a me searcher, follow uh, follow us at me search podcast. Check us out online at me search podcast.com. And as always, we're going to get to the bottom of things. This is me search, folks. Hey! Hey! Hey!